Welcome back to our health and healing podcast here at Celebration Church. My name is Brooklyn, and once again, I'm joined by Pastors Steve and Miss Lori Whitaker, and we are here for part four, unbelief. What are some of the things that can keep us from receiving from God? You know, there's there's multiple things that can keep us from receiving. And I think, you know, the thing we always need to keep in mind is, is God is not withholding from us, in especially in these areas of healing like we're talking about. You know, the work's been done by Jesus. It's finished. You know, by his stripes we were healed, past tense. So there, there's many things that can keep you from receiving, and that's why it's so important that we renew our mind to what Jesus has already done for us. But I think the big thing that I always think about is unbelief. You know, unbelief, uh, I kind of, in my definition of it, it's it's everything in this world that's contrary to the Word of God. It's, it's things that are brought on and uh, sustained by your five senses that are contrary to the Word of God. And, and we know from the Scripture you can have some belief and some unbelief at the same time. But which one you feed the most will win and and a, a simple illustration would be if you had two horses uh you know connected to each other and pulling in opposite directions and say you quit feeding the one horse and you keep feeding the other well that horse is going to get stronger that's getting fed and the one that's not getting fed is going to get weaker yeah. and that horse will out pull it and that's the way it is with your faith and with unbelief i mean you need to feed yourself the word of god and so I'm reminded, uh, you know, in Matthew 10:8, Jesus told his disciples, he said, go heal the sick, go raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. He gave them that command and that authority to go do that. So then in, in Matthew 17, it's the story of the father who brought his son to some of Jesus' disciples. And this boy, they called him lunatic. He, you know, he was probably having some sort of seizures, but he was demon-possessed. And I said sometimes this demon would throw him into the water or into the fire, you know, trying to kill him. So the father, he tells Jesus, he said, hey, I, I brought my son to your disciples, and they could not cure him. They could not cast this demon out. And Jesus' response wasn't real pleasant. He, he was not happy with his disciples, and he called them a faithless and perverse generation. He didn't say, oh, that's okay, boys, no big deal, I'll take care of it. No, that wasn't his response because he had given them authority to do that. Yeah. He expected his disciples to operate in faith. So later in private, we see the disciples asking Jesus, how come they couldn't cast out this demon? They had cast out other demons. And Jesus says in verse 20 of uh, Matthew 17, verse 20, said it was because of their unbelief. And then he goes on to say that if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, which is very small, then you can move mountains. But this kind only goes out by prayer and fasting. Now, most of my life, I had heard this taught that this kind of demon only goes out by prayer and fasting. But really, that the context of this is unbelief. That's what Jesus starts out talking about. This kind of unbelief goes out by prayer and fasting. Yeah. makes more sense because... We know just the name of Jesus can cast out a demon. You don't have to go through jumping hoops and all that. You know, the demon will respond to the name of Jesus because he knows that name is, is above them and greater than them. So it would make more sense that this kind of unbelief 
goes out by prayer and fasting. Go ahead, Lord. I was just going to say, unbelief and fear go hand in hand. And if you've got one, then you've got the other. Faith is a fearless confidence in God. So when you're walking in that faith, you're, you're not in fear. Doesn't mean you won't ever have thoughts or the devil won't, you know, because that's how he comes at us, trying to get us to get off track and think. But we have to understand that unbelief and fear are the same thing. Yeah, and, that, and that's a good point. I'm glad you brought that up because I think what happened in this instance, it was probably the first time the disciples saw a demon throw this kid on the ground and he's frothing at the mouth and, and their physical senses brought out probably a fear in them. And so doubt came in, unbelief came in. Yeah. And I think that's why Jesus was not happy with them at that point. Yeah. So how do we go about getting more faith? Well, first of all, we don't need more faith. We've all been given the measure of faith. All of us have received the same amount of faith as anybody else. And Romans 12, 3 tells us that, that God has given us the measure of faith. So if we have that measure of faith, then it has to go back to unbelief. Mm. It, it's not about not having enough faith. Yeah, there's, you know, some translations talk about a measure of faith. But if if Jesus or God, you know, was dealing out uh, faith, you know, and giving a spoonful to this person and a soup ladle full to this person and all, then then you, you really got to scratch your head on that. And, well, why would he do that? But I believe the correct translation of this scripture, and it's important that we know this, he's given us the measure of faith. So everybody gets the same mm -hmm. faith, but what they do with it, you know, how they exercise that yeah. faith. That that's all encompassing and receiving from yeah. from the Lord, and you know, important thing on this too. You know, it talks about in Romans ten seventeen that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So hearing the word over and over, which is what we call renewing your mind, that helps your faith to operate. Because the more you hear the word of God, then the the more you get it down into your heart, which is where you believe mm -hmm. from. Because there's a difference between having head knowledge of the scripture and having a heart knowledge. Because when you get it into your heart, then, then you believe it, and, and nobody can take it away from you. Yeah. But, you know, Satan can easily steal head knowledge through circumstances and disease and, you know, whatever happens. He can easily steal head knowledge. But heart knowledge, that's a totally different story. And I'm going to throw in right here. You know, you can always, I can look at myself, and I, I do this all the time to see kind of where I'm at my, in my walk with the Lord, to know if I need to be renewing my mind more, or hearing something more, getting into the scriptures and studying a certain thing more. But you can easily tell where you are by listening to what's coming out of your mouth. Mm. And a heart, heart knowledge, a heart, uh, what's in your heart, it's going to just automatically come out of your mouth. I mean, I can be around anybody for just a few minutes and tell exactly where they are yeah. because of what they're speaking. You know, yeah. head knowledge, you can speak what should be spoken, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you don't have to really work at it yeah. or think about it, you know. But, uh, but if it's in your heart you, and you can tell because that's just a reaction, a response you have. Yeah, when, when you're squeezed... Anybody 
put into a difficult situation, what's in your heart will mm-hmm. will be squeezed out. Yeah. And if you're pouring that word of God into your heart, that's what'll come out. And I think sometimes uh, we don't really understand how important it is that that we change our thinking by renewing our mind to the word of God. If we just keep filling ourselves with things of the world, then we're not renewing our mind to the word. We're renewing our mind to the world. Yeah. And the world ain't going to help you when you're in a bad situation. But I think about things like this. You know, cancer does not take a break. Mm-hmm. So why would we take a break from renewing our mind? Why would we take a break from feeding ourselves on the word and spending time with God in prayer? when a disease is trying to take over your body mm-hmm. but yeah, i but i see sure. people do that all the time you know they'll they'll give a part of their time to the word uh, but they're still going to go watch their soap operas or their reality show or you know whatever and, and i'm not saying that you know a little bit of those is totally wrong i'm not saying that but when you're in a battle you, your focus needs to be on renewing your mind it really does uh, i think about uh this is just an example, and and we're going to go, well, we, we'll be talking about these all the way through it, but back in June of 16, when Laurie had a thyroid storm, which is kind of a rare deal, but, you know, the thyroid goes berserk, it goes hyperactive and speeds up all the organs in your body, and we took her in. She was in, she was in bad shape when we went to the hospital, and... She was in ICU here in San Angelo for two and a half weeks, and her right lung had collapsed. She had pneumonia in it. Her heart, you know, was racing 120 beats a minute. Uh, you know, she had a blood clot in her leg. I mean, all this stuff come about from this hyperthyroid. Well, her right lung was putting out two liters of fluid every 24 hours. You think about a two-liter Coke bottle, that's how much fluid was coming off her lung, and they had a, a tube up in it and had a suction machine on it. Well, at, at one point, they decided they had done all they could here, and then they transferred her to San Antonio, the University Hospital in San Antonio, to supposedly they were going to go in there and try to do a procedure that would stop that fluid from filling up in her right lung, and her right lung was also collapsed partially at the top so anyway they put her in the ambulance it's late at night and i'm following the ambulance and somewhere between eden and junction i put on a chris tomlin tape i I knew i just needed some praise and worship music going and i mean we'd already been praying i already been quoting scriptures over her Mm -hmm. everything i knew to do but i started just singing with those songs on the way and when we pulled into Junction, I had such a peace had overcome me. I just felt really at peace, re- very at ease. And the ambulance stopped to gas up, and they wanted to get something to drink. So I got up in the ambulance with Laurie, and I look at this tube that's hanging out of her rib cage, and there's hardly anything coming out of it. This is a tube that's, you know, putting out two liters every 24 hours, and, and he had slowed way down. Mm-hmm. We go on San Antonio over the next day or two, it stopped. Wow. It stopped. And and I know that just that thinking about God, just praising him regardless of the circumstances, it, it made a huge difference in me 
And in the at same time, I know Laurie's a believer. She believes that she's healed, and it, and it was moving in her. And here's the thing. I, I want to make sure everybody knows this. I, I don't condemn anybody for going to a doctor. You know, I'm not saying if you go to a doctor, it's wrong. Nothing like that. And, and we all have our moments, and we're all growing. But I know this. The most important thing we can do is to know God better, to spend time with him. We can spend time with him in prayer, just talking to him. We can spend time in, in his word and learn more about him, and he'll yeah. speak to us through that. We can praise him. But when you're in that moment where you're only focusing on him and all of his goodness, he just comes alive and just starts to move in your situation. Right. I've seen it so many right. times. He is so loving, so merciful, so gracious to us. So it's not about, uh, you know, that God healed Laurie because she's a good person or because I'm a good person or because we're married yeah. or because we go to Celebration Church or because we've been believers since we were. It's not about that. It's all about him and what he's done. I just want to add, too, you know, when all of that first started, and, and like I say, we'll get into more detail uh, in another podcast, but when all of that first started, my heart was, I want to trust God because I know what Jesus did for me, and I want to walk in that. I want to learn to walk in that. I want to learn not to trust on the things of this world because, believe it or not, all these things in this world we may not have all the time to fall back on but besides all of that the main thing is I wanted to do it because I was grateful for what Jesus did for me mm -hmm. and what he went through for me and so I made a conscious decision you know to walk that out and another thing I want to bring out right quick while Steve was talking about uh, you know the that fluid stopping and everything so many people have said to me, oh, Steve's faith got you through. Steve's faith, you know, didn't. No, Steve's faith didn't. Mm -hmm. Steve's faith got him through. Yes, yes. And yes, Steve's faith allowed him to encourage me yeah. and help me, and especially when I couldn't speak or even feel like turning on a CD or something, you know. That was Steve's faith that did that. My faith. It's my faith. We're all responsible yeah, for, your own faith. for our faith and what we do with it. That's good. I can't believe for you. You can't believe for me. Yeah. We all have to get that on our own and understand what's been done for us. Yes. And I could go on and preach and preach, yeah. but <laughs> well, I'll well, cut it here. That's Amen. Good. That's and, a good point. And that's so true. And we are responsible for our faith. And, and it's great, you know, especially as a family and in God's family and especially as a married couple that you can come together in agreement. I, I tell you, our marriage has been so much stronger because we kick these things back and forth all the time. And, Definitely. you know, we're not just sitting here doing this podcast and say, okay, well, we're putting on a show. No, I, I can tell you sincerely, Laurie and I, we talk about this stuff every day at home. Yeah. We talk about what she's learned that day, what I've learned, what, you know, we read what somebody said. I mean, this is our life, mm -hmm. and I'm so grateful for it, and I'm so thankful to God for where we are today. But yeah, that's good. you know, going back on the on the unbelief thing, you know, there's an old saying: uh, "Garbage in, garbage out." But 
it's so true if you're not feeding yourself a, a consistent diet of the word of god and spending time with god then you're going to see what else you've been putting in yeah the things of this world that's going to come out you know so sure. you, you've got to keep feeding yourself since we are believers, what should we be doing to help those who are maybe sick or in need? Well, I I think, you know, number one thing is I'm, I'm a big believer that we need, need to give people the truth. You know, we need to love people, number one. I mean, we need to show people that God loves them, tell them God loves them. We need to love them in the way God loves them. That's been my heart for myself here lately you know god help me to love people like you love people but we need to to speak the truth to them you know it's sad in our culture today in most churches when people approach the church with a financial problem we send them to the bank or when they come to the church and they're sick we tell them to go to a doctor or to a psychiatrist when they are depressed but our first resource should always be god yeah it should always be god and unfortunately uh, he's commonly a last resort. I, I've seen this so many times. I mean, I've done it myself. You know, I, I exhaust all of my resources. I, I go through the the supplements, you know, the eating right, the the medicine the doctor gives me, the regimen the doctor puts you on. I mean, we go through all of that. And when all that doesn't work, then we go back to God and say, oh, please help me. Yeah. Why don't we just go to him to start with? Yeah, for I, sure. I, I mean, he knows your body better than anybody. But as his representatives, we're called to operate in the fullness of all that Jesus has provided for. And we can't operate in that if we don't know what he's done for us. So part of our our ministry as believers is to constantly remind ourselves and others who they are in Christ, what he has done for them. And if we do that and we operate from that perspective, We'll see a difference in our life. Yeah. um, The thing is, we can't help anybody if we don't know ourselves what's been done for us. And if we're not strong in that, what happens is we get down on the same, uh, whether it's a, I hate to say a pity party because it's not necessarily someone feeling sorry for this wallowing, I Mm -hmm. guess, in what's wrong with them would be a better word. But we, if it's not, if we're not careful, we can get down on that where we're just going back and forth, going back and forth. I, I remember uh, one time I had a lady come up to me, and this happened quite often, and everything that would come out of her mouth was negative. Oh, this happened to me, and that happened to me, and it was so awful. But you probably know all that because you've been through this and that. First exit I had, I was out of there <laughs> because it is tempting in a human standpoint, to almost get there and compare. Oh, yeah, mine was bad. It was this. This was. And Mm -hmm. I don't even like to talk about it sometimes, except for if I can bring my whole story out and tell people what I learned through that. But I'm not going to sit there and go back and forth with somebody and get my mind going. It's like glorifying the sickness or glorifying yeah. what's wrong in your life and I I'm not gonna do it. But we need to we need to know what we have and we need to be able to teach people. We need need to be able to encourage people That's to true. get in the word and to get, you know, into God. I know there's probably been 
people that I've talked to, they'll make a comment, and I'll, I'll come back with the word, what the word says. And I know sometimes I can see the look on their face, and they think, because I've thought it before. <laughs> Can't you do better than that? Can't you give me something better than that? You yeah. know? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, you know, but that's okay, because I want people to know the truth. You know, I've been both sides of the coin, and I know. I know what the answer is, and it's Jesus Amen. with no side effects. Yeah, yeah it's, it's interesting. Sometimes you have people come, I just need a word from God. I just need a word from God. Well, there's millions of them right there in the Bible. <laughs> well, it's a good place to start. Yeah. Or just go get in your quiet time with him. But I know what Laurie's saying also on that. And as, as believers and as followers of Christ, I mean, we should be helping not just the unbelievers, I mean, the you know, the people in the church, but also the unbelievers. Yeah. I, I know there was a point there where I was thinking, well, you know, does God, does he only heal the believers? Well, actually, when you go back and you look, most people Jesus was healing were unbelievers. I mean, there's, so we're called to go out into the world, and, and it's a great ministering tool when you go lay hands on someone that that's sick mm-hmm. and pray for them. I mean, it, it can really make them sit back and think about this. I I just thought of this just now, but I had an opportunity one time when I was still with the game wardens, and I was the major here, and one of my guys had been sick for a while, and, and he just having trouble getting over it, and he wasn't a believer. But one morning, just him and I in the office early, and he, he was just telling me about all this, and I said, would you mind if I lay hands on your head, and I'll just pray over you and believe for healing to invade your body mm-hmm. and and surprisingly he said yes mm-hmm. and i prayed for him and he got over that in a wow. few days he'd been sick for several weeks it didn't happen instantaneous in the physical yeah but in that spiritual realm it did and that's something i would throw out for people to think about right now too that's good. N- nothing happens in the physical that it didn't originate in the spiritual mm-hmm God created the physical earth out of the spirit realm. And so everything that he's done for us spiritually to move it into the physical realm, we have to believe it. Yeah, and following that up, I mean, I think really, when I think about it, I think miracles are mainly for the unbeliever. Because if we're a believer, Jesus has been to the cross. He's already given us his sozo you know that's forgiveness that's healing that's protection prosperity wholeness so if we've already got that we really should be walking in that and that doesn't mean things won't come against us but what it does mean i think we can get to a point where we're not in crisis mode needing a miracle right Mm -hmm. we should be on an even keel there sure walking it out Yes. Every day. And so I look at it as miracles. That's mercy. I mean, that's, that is for unbelievers mostly. Yeah. Yes. Not, we need miracles. I've had miracles in my life. Yes. We'll talk about that later. But I'm just saying I've learned a little bit more since then too. And so I've got some more to bring into the picture later on, but. So are there some reasons why people may get sick other than the fact that we live in a fallen world? You know, I see three main reasons that I, that I would say, this is my opinion, why 
people get sick. But of course, number one, you know, we live in a fallen world. It's full of sickness and disease. And so there, there's sometimes we run into things. I mean, someone's got a cold and you're standing in line or you grab something, whatever. I, you know, you. I remember for myself, you know, I got a bad eye disease in a doctor's office in El Paso one time because apparently I touched something contagious and got it into my eye. So that wasn't anything I had done wrong. I mean, yeah. It wasn't because I had sin in my life or anything like that. It was just <clears throat> being in the wrong place at the wrong time. But, you know, so th the fallen world is full of sickness and disease, and that came in through Satan, not through God. And then number two, sin can bring sickness into the world, into your body. Uh, and then in number three, and I'll expound on these a little, the devil can attack you directly. So in regards to the fallen world, you know, for example, you know, say you you cut yourself with a chainsaw while you're out there cutting wood. That doesn't have anything to do with sin in your life. Mm -hmm. It just happened. It was an yeah. accident. But the infection that could set in as a result of that cut can cause you a lot of problems. Yeah. But it's not something you did. You know, catching a cold, that's not something you did. But sin brought sickness and disease into the earth. And thank God that, you know, Jesus has given us a way out of that. Uh, the other thing I think about in John 5.14 says, Jesus healed a man at the pool of Bethesda, Bethesda and then told him to sin no more lest a worse thing come upon him. So it's clear in this verse that this man sinning had something to do with his sickness. But not everybody that gets sick you know, was caused by sin. But someone, for example, who has abused their body by overindulging in alcohol yeah. and gets a liver disease, then there's a clear correlation between sin and sickness. Or, you know, sex outside of the marriage bed, out of God's way of marriage, you know, can bring on a sexually transmitted disease. Mm -hmm. uh, so not necessarily anything... Uh, to do with you know a fallen world there i mean there you know sin in those instances has brought some sickness in so definitely you can open the door for sickness through sin and then the third thing i think about like it or not we're in a spiritual battle yeah the devil hates us you know if you're a believer and you're trying to walk with god and you're growing in your walk with god he hates you even more he wants to take you out. So Satan can come against you with a physical illness. You know, he can attack you in other ways, in your finances, you know, in your marriage, in different things. But he, you know, he tries to zero in. It, I put it like this, you know, a dead fish can float downstream. Mm -hmm. But you got to have purpose to, you know, to go upstream. And so when you're serving God and you're seeking God, you're moving upstream because you're moving upstream against the world. You're moving upstream against the, the things that the devil would like to do to you. Uh -huh. And so you, you got to understand that sometimes, you know, we have that, that happen to us. Yeah, and I want to add on, on that. You know, that's, that's really where all of this uh, with me started with was we were in a previous church and the minute Steve decided to retire 
and be the associate pastor at that church, immediately, immediately, I started having these health issues. And also, you know, I think, too, at the time, I think back, and I was starting to really kind of get the healing thing. I was learning more about that and everything. And I just look back now, and I think, that's interesting, you know. But, you know, we have to really get it in our mind um, that uh, this is an attack, and it's already ours, and we need to not let the devil take it from us. Yes, health is already ours. Yes, healing is already yes, ours. healing yeah. is ours, yes. Yeah. Not yeah. the attack is ours. I just want to clear that up. So. <laughs> All right, I'm getting the look. I know y'all can't see it on the podcast. but I'm trying to be nice is what I'm trying to be. <laughs> so all I can get is the look. But anyway, we need to we need to recognize that. And even if it's not an out-and-out out attack from the devil, it still is the spiritual it's a spiritual battle, period. Yes, sickness because is no, a spiritual Because no battle. matter why it got there, how it came, whether even if it's something you did wrong, healing is still yours if you're a believer. Yeah, you know, believe. But our mind plays into that because we, say, we think, well, because I did this, I did something, then I don't deserve to be healed. Mm-hmm. But that's not true. The truth that's is Jesus went to the cross regardless. Yeah, that's right. You know, and healing is ours. And Jesus loves us regardless of where we are in life. He he always loves. His love for us is unconditional. It's not based on our performance. So he wants to. He wants you well. He wants you healed. I, and speaking to that, what Laurie just brought up, uh, she started having those health issues, and uh, it's a it's a long story. We get we won't go back through all of that, but. The one thing I I remember very well, she had started getting a little better, and we decided to go walk one day around the track behind what's at Lee Junior High. Is that where we Lee, went? Yeah. We walked on this track behind Lee Junior High when we walked. That out, I didn't want to go to. Yeah, it was funny. Yeah, cause <laughs> she said, "No, I don't want to walk there." She said, "Let's go over here to another place, which was across town." And I said, "No, I don't. I don't want to drive over there. Let's just walk right here. It's right here, you know." Yeah. And and some it's reason, his fault. Yeah, evidently my fault. The Holy Spirit, I guess, was telling her don't don't go walk there, but we did, and there wasn't anybody on the track, and we walk around the first curve. We're on the back straightaway, and we were talking about all this sickness and stuff that had tried to come on her, and I just said, the devil will not win this battle, and I had no more than got the words out of my mouth when a kid, probably eight nine years old come flying up behind us on a bicycle he was not anywhere around when we started walking and he runs right into laurie knocks her off her feet i mean it all happened so fast i didn't even hear him coming i think she heard him right before he hit her anyway it throws her up in the air she comes down my first thought was i hope she didn't break something an arm or whatever and then i look down there and her pants leg is covered in blood and i pull her pants leg up and and she's got the most horrendous cut clear to the bone in the calf of her leg and there was a a man out on the field there uh he was working with his daughter on something and and he run over there to help me and i run to the car and got a blanket out of the car and wrapped her leg in it and rushed her to the emergency room and I don't remember, she had 13 stitches on the inside, and I don't remember how many on the outside. It was a horrible cut. But I had just said Satan will not win this battle 
and boom, she gets hit from behind with this bicycle. Wow. It's just wild. Just wild. wild. But the Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Yeah. Not God. You know, he came to give us a life and life more abundantly. So a easy way to think about all this stuff we're talking about. Anything good in your life is from God. Anything bad from the devil. I know that's a very simplistic look, but if you'll keep it simple like that, it'll help you just to trust God. And one one other thing I would say on that. If Satan is fighting against you, it's a sign that you're doing something right. It, you know, Satan, it, he don't really have a reason to go after someone that's just going in the same direction he is. If you're not seeking God and trying to do better in regards to doing what Christ has called us to do, if you're not using Jesus as your example and how you want to live your life and who you want to be like, then Satan's really not too worried about you. You're really not a, mm -hmm. a, a hindrance to him. Yeah. So that's just something to think about. And two, uh, sadly enough, besides directly attacking you with a sickness or something like that or like this bike accident that we saw, sometimes Satan will stir people up against you when you're trying to serve God, when you're trying to just love God. And sadly enough, sometimes it's your closest family. And, but, you know, rejoice. You know, <laughs> that's what I think sometimes. If the family disowns me, hallelujah, I'll move on. <laughs> but anyway. That's going to go over well. I know, I know. That's just a joke, family. Just a joke. So what can we do when sickness does come? Well, first of all, I would say... You better get in conversation with God. And I like to use the word conversation because for so many years in the past, when I thought of the word prayer, I would think this formal, organized prayer. But I'm talking about conversation, getting to know somebody, getting to know God. You know, just, just like I'm sitting here talking right now. You know, hey, Daddy God, I love you. Thank you so much for loving me. You know, just... You know, show me about this. Show me about that. The conversation with God is very important. Um, next, you need to just fill yourself with a word. Mm -hmm. uh, you need yes. to think about what it means. You know, so many times we think the more we read, the better. But no, the less we read. Take a scripture. Take, you know, two or three verses, a passage. But, but stop and think about what you're reading. That, that's when it really starts to resonate with you. And you start to get some revelation about it is, you know, I'm created in the image of God. Uh, you know, Jesus went to the cross for healing, forgiveness, you know, protection, prosperity, all of that. Yes. And then speak life. Don't speak anything other than the word of God. And then trust God. Trust that he has done everything and that he loves you. Once you get it in your mind that he loves you, you won't have a problem trusting him in any area or for anything and thank him thank him because if we truly believe he's already done all of that for us i mean you don't keep asking him for it you thank him thank you you know if steve gives me something i don't ask him to give it to me again i said thank you right you know thank you for that i appreciate that you know the thing is though we need to remember right quick we don't 
rely on the methods. Praying, speaking, reading, all of that is good, and we need to be doing those things. But the, the root of it is that if you'll develop that relationship, that conversation with God, you're going to know how much he loves you. And then all that speaking life, that, that trusting, that um, thanking, it's just going to come out of you. You know, you're not going to have to work at it. It's going to be a reaction to what you believe. Yes, and, and I would add to that, you know, Jesus' grace, you know, his unmerited favor, which is what all this we've been talking about here, by his grace, he's made this available to us, but we simply take it by faith. See, our, our faith is not in our faith. Our faith doesn't make God do something. Mm-hmm. Our faith simply takes what God has already done. And if you're going through something, you've been going through sickness, disease, or whatever, it's easy to sit there and talk about the sickness. It's easy to say, oh, I have a pain here. I, I've been coughing. I, well, anybody can do that. Yeah. But you got to make a choice to say, you know what, I, I'm not going to accept that. You know, I'm not going to label myself. It, you know, I hear people, some of my own family members, they say, oh, well, I have this. You know, I'm a, I'm a diabetic or yeah. I'm a, uh, you know, whatever it might be. I don't do that. I won't do that because that's not what the Word of God says about me. Mm-hmm. The Word of God says that I'm saved, I'm healed, I'm prosperous, I'm blessed, I'm full of joy. I, I'm going to let those things come out of my mouth. Absolutely. And some people say, well, you're lying. Well, no. My physical symptoms may be this, but the spiritual reality, which is a greater truth, that's what I would rather speak. So I'm yeah. going to speak those things over myself and not the other. Mm-hmm. And you need to look at your symptoms as being the lying symptoms yes. instead of the truth Yes, as being a yeah, lie. Yes, it's important. Very important. And, and one, the last thing I would say before we close all this out here on this session is one of the guys that I listen to a lot, a lot of his teachings, he has seen thousands of people healed. Thousands. He's seen five people raised from the dead. And, and he says this, and he doesn't mean it arrogantly. I've heard him say this several times, but he'll say, because he'll teach on some of these same things we're saying here. And he says, if what you're doing is not working for you, won't you try what, what I'm doing here? Because I'm getting better results. So, you know, if you want some better results because you're not happy with where you are, well, try something different. Yeah. You know, I don't remember who it was, Einstein or someone said it. I remember, you know doing the same thing over and over is what's that i call it going around the tree yeah insanity is repeating the same action over and over and expecting a different result exactly that's it yeah and that's what what we do most time it's insanity just keep doing the same thing over and over and and not see anything different no let's let's change our believing let's change our speaking let's trust god more absolutely All right, well, that is a wrap on episode four of our Health and Healing podcast here. If you have any questions or prayer requests, please reach out to us at celebrate at celebrationchurchlive.com, and we will see you in the next one.